Since 2015, Pop Health Podcast has brought to you some of the best minds in healthcare, including leaders from government, not-for-profit, and investor-backed powerhouses, as they share successes, failures, and how our audience can move forward in today's constantly evolving healthcare world. Thank you for joining us for today's episode presented by 24-Hour Home Care. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of Pop Health Podcast that kicks off our health plan mini-series. I'm Gavin Ward, host of Pop Health Podcast. In today's part one, we hear from Jill Selby, who is a Senior Vice President of Product Development and Market Expansion for Scan Health Plan. Now, those of you that have been following the show for a while might remember Jill being a guest two years ago. In today's episode, she talks about the expansion of Scan into two new states, as well as some of the growing benefits that are being utilized by their members, which are almost a quarter million. In part two, we hear from Dr. Michael Hockman, who is a CEO for Healthcare in Action Medical Group, which is a new division of the SCAM group of companies focused on street medicine and serving the homeless population. Now, we don't always hear or often hear of startups that are trying to sustainably serve the homeless population. Typically, it's charity groups and, uh, and you know donations, things like that. But the SCAM group of companies is trying to develop a program, a medical group that can sustainably serve this population, and they're going to start in 2022. We hope you enjoy today's episode with Jill and Michael, both from the SCAN group of companies. To learn more about Pop Health Podcast, check us out at pophealthpodcast.com. Visit us on YouTube, hear us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy this special episode. Well, folks, we have Jill Selby, who's the Senior Vice President of Product Development and Market Expansion. I had to look at my notes with all those words. And uh, what's different about this year is we're actually going to be talking a little bit with Jill about market expansion, which we didn't necessarily do last time we chatted with her. So, uh, Jill, as we get started here, um, we'd like to do fun facts. I know you shared one a couple of years back, but tell us something about you that might surprise the audience, a little fun fact, something outside of the healthcare world. Oh my gosh. Well, I don't know if it's a fun fact about me, but um, having worked from home now for, you know, about a year and a half, a little longer than that, I never realized how much my dogs sleep and how much they snore. And they've become quite the celebrity on all of my uh, Zoom calls. I've locked them away so they don't snore on today's call. <laughs> um, but my dogs have taken on quite the, the the reputation. And when I often join calls, the first thing people ask is not, how are you doing, Jill? But how are those cute dogs doing? <laughs> nice. What kind of dogs do you have? Uh, those are Cavalier King Charles dogs, um, which, you know, if you ever watched the, the Disney cartoon Lady and the Tramp, it looks yeah. like the little lady. Do they, are they known for not shedding or is that a different dog? Oh, that's a different dog. We, okay. we, we could probably knit quite a few sweaters with the shedding we have here <laughs> going on in the Selby house. <laughs> nice. Awesome. I'm a relatively new dog owner. Uh, so I have some, uh, two retrievers and, uh, we're dealing oh. with shedding. So, yes. <laughs> um, so much of our audience probably does know who scan is Jill, but for those yeah. that don't, can you give us a quick reminder of who scan health plan is? Sure. So Scan Health Plan actually started in 1977. You know, we can't decide if it's folklore or if it really is the true story, but we say that Scan was founded uh, by 12 angry seniors who at the time really were frustrated with the healthcare system for older adults. And so they were the founding uh, partners for Scan. And Scan actually is an acronym. It, sound, it stands for Senior Care Action Network. 
Uh, we only serve seniors, so we only offer Medicare Advantage. Um, we're rooted in Long Beach. We've been there ever since our beginning. Um, and we have 220,000 members in California. And you mentioned market expansion. I'm sure we'll talk about that because we're looking to really spread um, what we feel we do really well and really different um, to members in other states. Okay, awesome. Let's get on the expansion in just a second. But one of the reasons, folks, that we have Jill and Scan on during this season is what's known uh, in the industry as AEP. Jill, can you elaborate on what that means? Yeah, so uh, AEP is another acronym. Um, it stands for Annual Election Period. You know, Gavin, I've been doing Medicare Advantage for so long, I had to kind of rack my brain to go back and say, like, when did all these rules change? Because when I started, you know, it was kind of an open enrollment. You could enroll, like, come and go every month. And when I did a little research um, on uh, the annual election period, I could find information as far back as 2005 when Medicare wanted to kind of institute a little more control, likely because they were wanting to have some continuity of care. And if someone could come and go from a plan each month, I think it, it really defeated the intent of Medicare Advantage. So officially in 2011, um, Medicare, we call CMS, which stands for the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, instituted this annual election period. It goes from December, uh, October 15th through December 7th. And that's kind of the window of time where someone could either pick a Medicare Advantage plan if they've not had one before or switch their Medicare Advantage plan. And so if you look at television ads, everybody's advertising Medicare Advantage now. They all say December 7th is your last day. Um, but there's actually another enrollment period called the open enrollment period that starts in January and it goes through March 31st. And it gives individuals an opportunity to make a change. If they made that switch, let's say during the annual election period, they join a health plan and they decide, you know what, I really want to go back to where I was, they can switch through March 31st. So a little bit of rules, but there is about a good, you know, four and a half, five month window when people can switch their plan. Yeah, that's a good reminder about the January through March period. Now, could someone switch to a third, try another plan or do they have to go back? During that um, window. They can switch to another plan, so they don't have to go back. They just have to stick with the Medicare Advantage plan. So that open, enroll, when, uh, open enrollment period kind of lets you stay within the same type of plan, but you can switch. So an easy example is someone was with SCAN, they switched to plan X, they can come back to SCAN during that um, open enrollment period, which we hope no one does, but it uh, was helpful to use my own company as the example. Absolutely. And for the episodes I've done in the past, folks, you might know um, my mom is a happy scan member, continues to be. Um, and it looks like you guys continue to grow in California because you're at 220. Yeah. I remember when you just passed 200. So yeah. that means you've grown like close to 10% or somewhere around there. And now you're planning to grow into other states. Tell us about that in 2022. Yeah. So, um, and you know, it's funny you mentioned those numbers. When I started at SCAN nine years ago, we were at about 119,000. So um, to see us almost double in that period of time is pretty exciting. You know, we have expanded in California, you know, in various counties, mostly in Northern California. So there's been some what I'll call small degrees of expansion, but um, with our new CEO who joined us um, a little more than a year ago, you know, he kind of came in and was like, I knew I needed to come to SCAN, you know, our reputation precedes us. But when he actually got in and started looking 
looking under the hood and seeing how wonderful, you know, we serve seniors are we, I don't know if you've heard Gavin, we got four and a half stars for the fifth year in a row, which is an indication um, of the quality that we serve to our members. And we just received the highest member satisfaction score in California, which is a 91% satisfaction higher than Kaiser. Um, And so for all those things, he's like, we got to take this to more seniors. Like we just can't keep this, you know, contained within California. So he pretty much, you know, gave us the opportunity to start doing the exploration. And so we will be going to um, multiple counties in Arizona starting in January, as well as uh, Clark County, which is Las Vegas and Nevada. So we'll have two more um, states that'll be a part of the scan footprint. And while I'm not um, allowed to tell you where else we're going, we already have some other, you know, irons in the fire to continue that momentum. So, you know, when I've gone to conferences before, Gavin, people are surprised to hear that scan has really only been in California because we are so well known. So I'm super excited to be a part of taking scan to that national presence, which um, I think, you know, has been long overdue. Yeah, no, good point about you being so well known. Um, I was in Boston last week and I was talking with Jill off the air. I actually met one of her colleagues um, who was out there um, at a different part of the, in a different part of what SCAN does, because SCAN is a great health plan, but they also have some other things in the fire uh, that you'll learn about later in today's episode. And yeah, your CEO, who you're referencing, uh, Sachin, I'm probably pronouncing it, is it's how do you pronounce his name? I always pronounce it wrong. So, yeah. So he gave us a little tip when he started and it, he said, I'm such a great guy. So okay. you say it's Sachin. <laughs> so that's how you'll always remember it. It's Sachin Jane. Yeah. Thank you. Sachin. I love how he introduces himself and lets everyone call him by his first name, um, which is great. Yeah. He's a, a doctor as well. Um, but yeah, he was there. I mean, this was the health conference, which is attended by over 7,000 people. Lots of people want to present and speak there, but Scan is so well known. Of course, he's there, um, which is pretty cool. So you're expanding. You're expanding to Nevada, expanding to Arizona. Really quickly for folks, uh, we have a lot of folks in California that listen. Northern California, where are you expanding up there? What counties are you in? So uh, we are expanding in 2022 to Alameda County as well as San Mateo. Um, we are already in, I'm going to try to do this without looking at my notes. We are already in Napa County, Sonoma County, Santa Clara County. San Francisco County and uh, Stanislaus County. So now we have seven Northern California counties. And then of course, we're pretty much in all the counties, you know, in Southern California. Yes. Okay. Good job. And if you missed, I don't think you probably missed one, but if you did, I don't don't think I did. I don't think I did. (laughs) I would hope not in your role. Um, Okay. So we don't want this show to be about COVID or to be about telehealth. There's so much out there already. We've done episodes on it as well. But I do think it's important for you, um, if you wouldn't mind highlighting, maybe just from a high level, how telehealth has expanded utilization and maybe just additional benefits that you've seen utilized or brought to the table during COVID. Yeah. So, you know, no one had anticipated what COVID was going to actually do to the the world of healthcare and how we access it. And, And not just for seniors, but for everybody. A lot of the medical groups that we uh, contract with are large enough that they were able to quickly implement and put telehealth solutions in place. So 
if a person had an appointment, they could quickly then either take it by telephone or they could do it by video. Um, I'm sure we've all read that there's a technology divide with older adults. And so to suddenly pivot to complete video visits like you and I are doing wouldn't necessarily meet the needs of everybody. So um, we, along with our medical groups, tried to have a multifaceted approach to make sure that, you know, the virtual nature of healthcare didn't leave anybody out. Um, you know, like you talked about your mom, I'll talk about my mom too. My mom has an iPhone, but you know, she doesn't know how to do anything other than answer it and maybe send a very quick, you know, four, four word text. But, you know, to say that she has the technology, but she didn't have the know-how as to um, how to have those virtual visits with her physicians. So um, at the beginning of this year, SCAN instituted um, a new benefit called Health Tech which is a 1-800 number where um, seniors could call. Uh, I could call as a caregiver with my mom and get that tech support like we have in the workplace yeah. when we're stuck on our computers to have someone walk our seniors through, practice with them, maybe role play um, so that they can have those virtual visits. And even if it wasn't a video, just you know how to even you know do it on speakerphone or things like that. And so we were pretty happy to not only, we have a telehealth, benefit. We've had that for a while from a convenience standpoint. Um, but now we were coupling the education and the training because I don't know about you, but you know, a daughter training her mom how to use her phone isn't always the most successful um, interaction. There's a lot of hair pulling and frustration, but yeah. when you get a true professional, they could really exercise the patience and the understanding <laughs> with older adults and get them along the way. So um, we were super excited about that. And we've seen telehealth visits go up um, since we've started incorporating that additional support for our seniors. Okay, awesome. So we know that that benefit the telehealth benefit's been there for a while and it's gone up. Can you share with us over the past, let's say year, maybe late 2020 to now in 2021, what have been, what have been some of the most common or excuse me, popular benefits? Um, even if they're ones that people already know about, can you just list them off for folks? Um, yeah, so kind of back to the telehealth, which is if you had asked me beforehand, did I think these two went together? I would say absolutely not. We've actually seen an increase in the use of our fitness benefit since COVID and the virtual nature of accessing benefits um, kind of changed things. And it's it's fascinating in that, you know, this benefit that largely all the Medicare Advantage plans offer is like free, no cost gym membership access. And you can go in and do all the exercising you want. We had a pretty healthy um um, you know, group of seniors who would do that on a regular basis. But once that organization, which is called Silver Sneakers, also pivoted to have a virtual solution, I think seniors caught on to being able to exercise at home like you and I are doing with a live instructor, but not having to leave the safety of my home. And we've seen a huge increase in people um, exercising, which of course has, you know, residual overall effect on health. And so we're super happy about that. The awesome. one benefit that's kind of outside of COVID or the virtual aspect, if you will, is, you know, if you ask, like, who's the new kid on the block or who's the new celebrity, it's dental. 
And, you know, now that all the Medicare Advantage plans offer virtually, especially in Southern California, all healthcare is at no cost. So there's no copay for to see a physician, no copay to go to the hospital. In order to differentiate yourself, you have to, you know, come up with something new. And so there's been kind of this climbing of the competitive ladder around dental. But in truth, what it has really exposed is um, a very large uh, population of older adults that have not had access to dental care in many, many years, which, um, you know, I don't know about you, but if you've ever had a toothache or anything wrong with your mouth, it affects your ability to eat. You yeah. probably aren't sleeping. You're not taking the right medications. And so um, dental has really become a huge focus, um, not only for the importance on whole health, but also for that shopping senior. Um, you talked about the open enrollment period. That's on every Everybody's checklist. What do you cover for dental? Wow. So that one's, forgive me if I made the mistake of thinking like dental has like generally been around for a while. You're, so what, where, where am I, where, where's the gap? Where am I yeah. on the utilization increasing so much? Yeah, the dent dental has been around for a while, but generally members or in, you know beneficiaries of Medicare would have to pay a premium. So, like okay. for example, in Los Angeles, if you wanted access to dental, you had to pay you know depending on whatever the benefit offering was. Let's say you know a twenty dollar premium, and then over the last I want to say only since two thousand nineteen have plans started incorporating some basic coverage like coverage for exams, cover for x-rays and things like that. But if you have ever gone to the dentist yourself, you know, that stuff typically is what is covered or low cost. When you start getting into the procedures like crowns and bridges and fillings, you're looking at some pretty high out-of-pocket costs. So right. what we're now seeing in particular as we head into 2022 is plans are covering those types of services as well and wow. offering more of what's called comprehensive coverage at no additional premium. And actually, SCAN is going to be doing that for the majority of our Southern California members. They're going to get all of this dental included in their plan at no additional premium. Okay. I'm going to make sure my mom knows that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. So one of the, um, one of the supplemental benefits, and just a reminder to the audience, is these are above and beyond traditional uh, Medicare benefits. Um, that I see in my day job is in-home care, yeah. uh, personal care and respite, which most of the audience knows historically has been an out-of-pocket expense. Not home, mm -hmm. We're not talking about home health here. We're talking right. about, you know, what we call non-medical caregiving or in California, it's referred to as like a home care aid. So one thing I noticed with SCAN is those benefits continue to expand and grow. And um, why is that? Why, why is SCAN continuing to invest in additional, you know, hours of care or other in-home care benefits? What do you, what are you seeing out there? Yeah, well, um, you know, part of SCAN's history, we were a social HMO and our mission is keeping seniors healthy and independent. And that means keeping them in their house, in their home. And so that's been kind of in our DNA for quite some time. When Medicare changed the rules and kind of like loosened the flexibility, you know, gave flexibilities to plans, there was a term that we all still hear about every day, which is called social determinants of health, because we all know that you know, getting the clinical care, whether it's in an exam room, in a doctor's office, or in a hospital is great. 
but then you got to go home and make sure it all, you know, kind of flows together and you're doing all the right things to keep that improvement of health and keep you out of the hospital. And so, you know, not that I design everything around my parents, but, you know, I have a good experience, you know, when someone comes home from the hospital, it's hard you know, and how to, you're, you're weak, you probably don't have food in your house, especially if you've been gone for some time. If you live alone, you have nobody to help you, you know, take your first shower, or maybe even just be able to stand up and use the restroom because, you know, you've been laying in bed in a hospital. So we started incorporating a benefit called returning to home um, when you come home from a hospital or a skilled nursing facility to help you up to 40 hours a year, kind of get your, you know, your, your legs back under you, uh, maybe do some light house, housekeeping and some cooking because we don't want our members to fall back into the hospital. And there's a very kind of um, short window of time when someone gets discharged home when that can happen. And so we want to kind of support that process, keep them home and independent as much as possible. And we've seen the benefits of it. We've gotten such um, amazing feedback from people saying, you know, I don't know what I would have done without this benefit. I don't think I would have recovered. I would have been back in the hospital. And so it's, um, again, an important benefit for overall health, but it's definitely something that speaks to our mission. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And again, those hours have grown year over year. I know you guys also have not just are providing in-home care hours for your beneficiaries after hospitalization or skilled nursing stay, but also for burnt out caregivers, which is, yes. Which yes. is awesome. Yes. Um, so 2022, we talked about the expansion. Uh, you guys are going into Arizona, more Northern California, uh, some Nevada, Clark County as well. Are there any other benefits or expansion of benefits or anything on that side? that's new or expanded in 2022? Yeah, well, I don't know if you've seen any of our newest commercials. We have a whole new brand campaign going, but we are launching a product in Southern California as well as Arizona, Nevada. Um, that is a Part B premium rebate or give back. Um, I'm sure you've seen the statistics. Uh, you know, the majority of older adults are living at poverty, if not below. And so what this Part B premium rebate does is it puts back dollars into their Social Security check to assist them with food, housing, medications, etc. And so um, we're super proud of that plan. And again, kind of speaks to our mission. Um, we obviously have things like we've increased our transportation coverage. We know a lot of our members don't have their own mode of transportation. And now that there's a kind of more of a healthier combination of the virtual visits and the in-person visits, um, people can make sure that they can get into their doctor's office through transportation. I talked about dental. We've got a lot of great new things happening in dental. And then that health tech benefit that I spoke of where you can call and get, you know, a friendly face like yours on the other, on the other end of the phone. Um, in Southern California, we are offering in-home support. So wow. if someone just can't get, you know, it doesn't translate over the phone. Um, I don't, I hate to use this comparison, but it'll resonate, I think, with everybody. Just like, you know, Best Buy has the geek squad. Right. We have, we have the health tech squad and they can actually go in and sit down with somebody, you know, like hands on and show them how to do things. So, 
um, super exciting things that are very intentful. Um, you know, we're all competing and marketing to people to get them to join Medicare Advantage plans. But for SCAN, um, we really put a lot of thought and purpose behind what we do so that we always are speaking to our mission of keeping seniors healthy and independent. That is pretty cool. That in-home tech support uh, is quite the investment, I know. Um, yeah. It's not It's not a cheap thing for SCAN to be generous and do that. Yes. Um, so I know folks like my mom, I'm often tech support for my mom. <laughs> I've uh, gone over many times for holidays, but really in my mind, the main purpose was for tech. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah, that's great. So Jill, uh, as we wrap up really quickly, I know folks can probably Google SCAN, but what's the best way to keep up the tabs of what you guys are doing or to enroll? Yeah, so the best way is to go to the website. It's scanhealthplan.com. Um, you can we have a great new search feature at the top of the, the web page, and you just type in what you're looking for and it'll pop right up. Um, there also is um, a place for, you know, if you're shopping, you can either click on a button or you can call an 800 number. Um, but we're here to help. And like I said, what, you know, if our anyone does join, our 91% satisfaction is really kind of all comes down to um, the customer service support we give our members. Awesome, Jill. Well, again, folks, Jill Selby, Senior Vice President. I'm going to look at my notes to say it right. <laughs> product Development and Market Expansion has been our guest. I've known Jill uh, over the last few years now, and she's helped me grow. I'm off the show. I've had questions. Um, and uh, she's been very responsive and you've been a great educator to me. So I know our audience will appreciate you as well, Jill. And are you active on LinkedIn or folks want to kind of follow I you? I am on LinkedIn. So send me an invite. I'm happy to connect. Great, Jill. Well, again, thanks for being our guest today uh, on the first half of our SCAN episode. Thanks so much, Jill. Yeah, thanks, Gavin. Always a pleasure. All right. Well, folks, thanks so much for joining today's episode. We have Dr. Michael Hockman, who is the CEO of the Healthcare and Action Medical Group, which is part of the SCAN umbrella or the SCAN group umbrella. Thanks so much for joining us, Dr. Hockman. Thanks so much for having me, Gavin. I appreciate your interest. Absolutely. And I think our audience is definitely going to be interested in as well. Um, off the air, folks, uh, Dr. Hockman mentioned I can call him Michael. So I'm going to go ahead and do that in today's episode. Um, so, Michael, one thing we do in our episodes prior to jumping into kind of the meat and potatoes of what we're going to talk about is getting to know the guest a little bit. So would you mind sharing something about yourself kind of outside of the workplace? A fun fact, hobby, something unique about you? Sure. Well, the, the, the thing I'm focused on right now is I'm running the L.A. Marathon next weekend or two weekends from now. So, uh, so that, that's the main thing I've been focused on. I've done a few marathons. and This is the first one in a while. Nice. What uh, is? Are you comfortable sharing what time you're looking for or hoping to be? <laughs> uh, this time I'm trying to break five hours. My best was three and a half hours, but that was 18 years ago. So, uh, so I'll be happy if I just finish this time. Nice. That is awesome. Are you running solo or do you have uh, someone you're running with? My brother runs with me. Actually, I, we run as part of a running club, the Skid Row Running Club. It's for people who have recovered from their own personal challenges, many of them homeless, and also for people like me who work in the homeless healthcare space. That is awesome. That's great. So we're going to jump into your passion um, with your patient population, which will relate to Skid Row in just a second. Um, so as I mentioned off the air, I was in Boston last week. I've interacted with uh, one of your colleagues, um, missed one of your colleagues that I really wanted to meet, not realizing she was there. But I was by Harvard, where you did your medical school. Um, what inspired you to do your schooling there? 
Well, I'm from the East Coast, and Boston's a great city, so that certainly was was a factor. You know, Harvard's got a great uh, reputation for its academic hospitals, Mass General and Brigham and Women's, but what it's less known for is, is the work it's done in in the community. And there, the, what I'm particularly referring to here is that its partnership with the Cambridge Health Alliance, which is the public safety net system in eastern Massachusetts. And I had the good fortune of getting to work there during my medical school training, and I went on and completed my residency training there. Um, it is perhaps one of the most clinician-led health systems in the country, where really it's the nurses, the doctors, and the medical assistants who are driving the show um, and really making it one of the most patient-centric uh, safety net systems in the country. And I think there's a lot of lessons that that it has to teach the rest of us. It's also where I first began working with and becoming interested in homeless populations. Uh, Boston Healthcare for the Homeless is one of the first street medicine programs in the nation. And uh, I remember interacting with them uh, in my medical training and uh, really both for myself and Dr. Sachin Jane, who's the CEO of SCAN Health Plan, um, and whose idea this was to, to jumpstart this uh, street medicine initiative at SCAN, we were both very influenced by the work of Boston Healthcare for the Homeless. Awesome. Awesome. And that's an awesome setup into what we're getting into. So again, your medical group is, is well, I guess for the first time for the audience. So SCAN Health Plan is completely separate from what we're talking about today. Your medical group, Healthcare in Action Medical Group, is part of the SCAN uh, group of, of companies, I guess, or the umbrella, as you mentioned earlier. So this passion of yours to serve the homeless, I know you mentioned you were in Boston. That's where you first, you know, worked with them. Was there anything about your upbringing or, or what about today is driving that mission that you have to serve the homeless where a lot of folks are don't know how to serve them or flee from that opportunity? Right. Well, you know, I have to say, I did, you know, I, I fortunately have never myself been homeless or had any other family members. I do know that that is an inspiration and a driver for a lot of people who do this type of work. But there's certainly mental illness in my family. And, you know, that is one of the big drivers of homelessness. So I, I think I've always been drawn to, to populations that have mental health challenges, substance use challenges. You know, there's always been a stigma about these conditions. And, you know, in my view, they're just like any other medical condition, like diabetes or hypertension. And we need to treat them as such uh, head on. So street medicine, is that, so when I, when I read about your group, hearing the term street medicine, that was the first time I'd heard about it. Can you tell me a little bit about that term and, and the background of that term? Sure. So, Traditional medical offices, which are open from nine to five, five days a week, and they're hard enough for any of us to access to get an appointment when we want it. But imagine being homeless and not having transportation, and in many cases, just not feeling comfortable in a traditional medical office setting. So over the last couple decades, and Boston Healthcare for the Homeless, which I alluded to before, was one of the first to do this, um, many providers try to to get rid of the traditional medical office setting and going out to patients where they are uh, in the streets and encampments and shelters and recuperative care facilities and so forth uh, and seeing them in a mobile fashion. I think this idea has uh, become a little trendier recently with the pandemic and the shift towards mobile healthcare, but in some ways it was actually the homeless healthcare community that's been doing this for a few decades before the rest of us. So this street medicine is exactly this, just no brick and mortar uh, clinic, 
Uh, we go out in our, our van or our truck. In our case, we have a mobile van with a clinic uh, space in the back, uh, and we care for patients. And, uh, you know, I think that we are far from the first to do this. I mentioned Boston Healthcare for the Homeless here in Los Angeles. The, the University of Southern California has an excellent street medicine program. So does the Venice Family Clinic, a community health center out here, and there's several others. I think what we are doing that is unique that SCAN brings to the table, and this is where uh, Dr. Jane, our CEO, really uh, is, is pushing the needle, is to try and create a business model out of caring for this so that it's sustainable and doesn't rely, rely on charitable funding. Yeah, that is that is quite interesting. So, um, you know, SCAN and Suchin is so well known, or Dr. Jane, Suchin Jane. Um, I've had the opportunity to have him on the show. Not sure if you knew that a while back. Um, and uh, following in good footsteps here. <laughs> um, that I like what you I like you bringing that that point up about sustainability, right? It's great that we're all charitable, but that can only go so far. So. It's too probably too early to tell because you guys aren't really sh- officially serving this your population starting till January. Am I getting that correct? Or that's exactly right. So we're going to start seeing patients in January. But but what we're trying to do is precisely what you're suggesting is to create a sustainable business model. And as you might imagine, in the typical primary care practice, a doctor and internist can see. 20 patients a day, and that's enough to fund your staff and yourself and so forth. In street medicine, you can only maybe see eight to 10 patients a day on a good day because you're spending so much time traveling. So the rates have got to be a lot higher. Now, I think the opportunity here is that some of these patients are that some of the costliest for the system. They have very high rates of ER and hospital utilization. So even though we're seeing fewer patients per day, if we can have a greater impact on that, those ER and hospital costs, there can be enough savings generated to sustain the model. Now, great point. So, but to be, you have to be able to clearly tie those outcomes to your work. So typically in order to do that, you know, it's all under one health plan, but my understanding or specific health plan. So this population, it's not strictly for, you know, scan health plan is separate. It's not built just for those patients, right? Yeah, that's the other thing I want to acknowledge here is that SCAN is funding this group uh, in part for its own patients, but more importantly for the broader community. So we are going to take contracts with any health plan or health system that's willing to work with us and partner with us because if we're going to go through the effort of creating this, we might as well make it available to as many uh, patients as possible. And you said it exactly right. There's We have a special relationship, of course, with SCAN because they're our funder, but there is this firewall uh, between us and the health plan um, that allows us to serve other health plans and other health systems as well. Okay, awesome. So as the CEO of this relatively new group is this, and you've been in the role for how long? Do you mind me asking, Michael? I've been working on and off since the spring and came on full-time with SCAN in June. Okay, got it. And it sounds like you had previous work. I know you were with Tech Medicine previously. Were you doing, and you mentioned the USC had done some things. Were you doing similar work over there at at Keck or? Yeah, I've certainly uh, done a a lot of care for homeless patients over the years. I worked at Ultimate Health Services for a while. I mentioned my training in Boston with safety net populations, including many homeless individuals. And the last six years, I've been at LA County USC in the University of Southern California, and I worked at LA County USC Medical Center on any given day, believe it or not, 23% of patients in that hospital are, are homeless. And USC had started a street medicine program, and I want to acknowledge Brett Feldman, who's really been my mentor, a clinical mentor in this area, um, 
who, who led that program. And so I was involved peripherally in, in that. Uh, and what we're trying to do is take some of the, the lessons learned from Brett, combine them with what Sutton's trying to do with a sustainable model and create something that's good for patients and sustainable. That's awesome. So if someone is homeless and receives care from you, but then let's say their life improves, they're able to find stable housing, employment, um, would they then transition back to more of a traditional model of care or is that still to be flushed out if you mind me asking? That's exactly right. Uh, street medicine is a more expensive model of care than a standard office setting. So it only makes sense if somebody is homeless and frequently using the ER and the hospital. So just as important as enrolling patients, we need to be able to graduate them once they're stabilized and get them back to a, a less costly and a better setting for them uh, after they're no longer homeless. Yeah, that is so interesting. I think I can't recall the time I met with a, a medical group or health plan even where like getting them off the service was the goal then kind of, right? I mean, it kind of is, right? Exactly. And that's part of our pitch to, to medical groups to, to work with us. We're not looking to steal anybody's patient. Rather, we're looking to work with them for a period of time. I hope it's shorter rather than longer, but however long it takes to get them at least in a transitional housing situation and get their medical situation stabilized so that a, a traditional medical office is appropriate for them. Okay, awesome. So where are you guys starting? Let's, let's talk geography. Yeah, so we're launching in Los Angeles. The two communities we're going to focus on out of the gate are Long Beach and then the West Hollywood, Hollywood area. Uh, those are both areas that uh, have a high rates of homelessness and don't have as many street medicine providers as, as are needed. But um, we are open to going anywhere. You know, there's a lot of places throughout California that have a need for more street medicine programs and even nationwide. So we're, ho we're hoping to, to grow and expand quickly. Okay, awesome. So I know since you're starting with zero patients, you probably don't have a gigantic team, but you could scale up. In your initial recruiting as the CEO, whether it's for leaders or if your leaders are recruiting more of the providers, um, are people lining up for this opportunity? Because I think when it comes to serving the homeless in the past, it's there's more of a hesitation, right? So tell us about that. Yeah, I have been pleasantly surprised by how we've been able to recruit uh, excellent clinicians. And, you know, I think that tells you something. Um, there's a lot of clinicians who really are passionate about serving this population, but in many cases, it's a charitable opportunity or, you know, a below market uh, opportunity. And what's great that SCAN is giving us the opportunity to do here is to create a sustainable model that, that pays it, you know, a commercial uh, rate for, for providers. Um, to do what they really want to do. And, and one thing that's really been heartening is that some of our initial recruits are actually individuals who themselves went through very difficult times, uh, including some who were homeless for several years, substance use uh, issues, and they've recovered and they've gone to PA school or they've become peer navigators. So, uh, so we have a great combination of very smart clinicians who also have that, uh, that, that uh, empathy from having been there themselves. Awesome. Great point. And um, like you said, you know, you mentioned earlier on in the episode that mental illness, you know, is has been in your life, right? It's been in, in my circles and your providers who probably dealt with some of that. So when you go out doing street medicine, do you have like behavioral health experts in the van with you or, or tell us about the staffing of this van that you're talking about? 
right? That's maybe another key difference between street medicine and traditional primary care. The mental health and, and, and substance use issues are some of the most important we're going to need to deal with. So 52% of hospitalizations for patients who are homeless are for a primary diagnosis of mental health or substance use. So how do we do this? Well, one thing is we hire clinical staff that are very mindful and experienced in, in dealing with substance use and mental health issues. So they're Suboxone providers and they're used to administering uh, antipsychotics and initiating these. But we're also going to take advantage of telehealth. So we're working with a telehealth vendor uh, that's going to allow us to bring a psychiatrist in remotely to the encounter with the patient. We're not expecting, again, a patient to go to a psychiatrist's office. The rest of us have a hard enough time getting an appointment like that. So yeah. what we're going to try and do is bring the care to the patient. Uh, and the other way we'll do it is we'll have psychiatrists do case conferences with our primary care clinicians. So we talk through and then initiate the, and have the primary care clinician initiate the medication directly. Okay. Awesome. So you guys are starting January 1st, 2022. Um, if folks want to keep tabs of Healthcare in Action Medical Group and potentially even partner, what's the best way to to catch up with you guys or, or stay in the know? Yeah, well, we're about to launch our website, healthcareinaction.org, which hopefully will be uh, available in, in mid-November. Uh, mid so check us out there when, when you have a chance. And, um, you know, if you are interested, we would be very happy uh, to, to see if there's an opportunity for partnerships, whether you're in Southern California or elsewhere. Uh, if you have uh, patients who are homeless, who you don't think you have the right infrastructure to care for, we'd love to see if there's an opportunity to work with you. My email is mhockman at healthcareinaction.org. So feel free to reach out. Uh, can you say that email one more time, Michael? Sure. It is mhockman, M-H-O-C-H-M-A-N, at healthcareinaction.org, all one word. All right. Awesome. Really quickly, uh, how do you come up with the term healthcare in action? Well, SCAN actually, uh, the uh, senior care in action is, is what uh, the, the, the word SCAN means. So we thought there was a nice uh, interplay between that and it's, uh, it's a mobile uh, reference that we're, they were providing in action healthcare out in the community. So that's where the term came from. That's a great, uh, it makes perfect sense. Well, folks, uh, Dr. Michael Hawkman has been our guest. He's the CEO, again, of Healthcare in Action Medical Group, part of the SCAN group of companies. I am excited to see what happens uh, come 2022 and appreciate your passion. It's very inspirational. Thanks so much, Michael. Thanks for having me, Gavin. Thanks everyone for tuning in to another episode of Pop Health Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. And if you have and want to check out other episodes, visit us at pophealthpodcast.com, iTunes or Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, and now YouTube as well. Take care.